Welcome back to Live from the Blue Seats, and this is an unbelievable episode that you're about to listen to because we are talking in the immediate aftermath of the Rangers coming up with the number one overall pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft. I'm Rob, joined as always by Dave and Becky, and holy shit, guys, <laughs> somebody jump in here with some excitement because I I don't even know how to start this show off. Guys, I tackle hugged my wife into the pool. I was close. <laughs> I'm sure she was really thrilled with that. Yeah, and I'm I sure mean, she, she has no idea why you did it. She saw me running out of the house, and I just ran up to here and I basically speared her into the pool, and it was the best thing I've ever done. Oh my god. She also hates me now, but I don't yeah, care. That's it was okay. worth it. It'll pass. I might get kicked in the balls later. Still worth it. <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine getting that many text messages um, from friends and family, even from people who I haven't really talked to about the Rangers in a long time, who were just like, yo, that's wild. Congratulations. And I'm like, I'm not part of the team, but, you know, thanks anyway. <laughs> I got um, text messages from people that I lived with and played hockey with in college that I haven't spoken to in forever. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, Becky, what, how, did you, how did you feel? I mean, I was laying on my left side, as you do, and like I watched it, and I thought it was the wild logo. <laughs> I mean, listen, here's, there's, two, there's two reasons why. One, I'm blind, and two... I wasn't wearing my glasses, but I really thought it was the wild logo. And I'm like, oh, it's the wild. And then they were like, they showed it. It was the New York Rangers. And I have never, I have not moved as quickly as I moved since January, since before I knew I was pregnant. So, you know, I'm glad I didn't go into labor. I was going to say, did the baby almost come out? <laughs> no, no, the baby thankfully has been very calm today after an extremely active weekend. So I, mean, I like you should have the baby should have come out screaming, celebrating in a Rangers jersey. That would have been really scary and not great for our new couch. But I agree for in this instance, I think it would have been OK. But I just wild, like absolutely wild. I really thought it was going to be not the Rangers. And all these people are talking on, you know, the Twitter machine about like how, oh, it's like rigged. It's going to be the Rangers. And I'm like, the Rangers have had the first pick like once ever. ever. Like what? I, I get if we're talking about the Penguins, the Oilers, fine. But like the, the Rangers have had the first pick once. Like, this like, isn't the Patrick Ewing draft. It wasn't actually rigged. If it was rigged, it would have gone to the <laughs> Penguins. Right. Right. Exactly. Like the exactly, Crosby but... draft was 100% rigged and the Rangers got screwed in that draft because also, they were like the worst team in the league and they picked what, 80th? 12th. Or yeah, I actually just read an article about that today. They picked, I think they were 15th or 16th or 18th, yeah, whatever, and moved up to 12 and actually drafted Mark Stahl, which at the time, great, great pick, pick. pre-injury. Great pick. Yeah. And you know what? They got a lot of years and, you know, well over a thousand games out of him, but um, it wasn't rigged. And also... I have to remind people of this. And look, I love the Rangers. Nothing's better than when the Rangers are good and the city really embraces them. But the Rangers are not exactly a, a huge TV draw either. Like they, they're they're consistently 
behind kind of like Chicago and Boston and even St. Louis when it comes to TV ratings. So the NHL doesn't really have that big of an incentive to rig the draft for the New York Rangers. Look, like I said, I love them. I think this will do wonders for uh, their popularity and it'll re-energize the fan base, which was already re-energized this year. But look, the Garden is sold out all the time. The Rangers were not a franchise in peril like the Penguins were 20 years ago. So stop with the rig talk. It's completely ridiculous. And... You know what? As Becky said, the Rangers have had the first overall pick once in their history. It was 1965 before the league expanded. It wasn't even so a draft. It wasn't. It even, wasn't even the, a really a draft. The team there still was, had sponsorships right. in the CHL. Like they could, they had control of the Kitchener Rangers, and that's who they drafted up. The actual right. draft itself wasn't until 1969. So the Rangers have never had a top a number one pick in the modern draft era ever. Right. Nice. Ever. And they've only ever picked in the top five three times. Uh, and two of those, or one was last year, obviously, with Kako. Um, so, look, this is obviously the type of thing that even last year we were saying this with cautious optimism that it could be a franchise-changing pick, that if Kako fulfilled his potential, he could become, you know, a, a franchise-changer, but not necessarily a cornerstone player. So, Dave, I'll go to you first. How is this different? Is Lafreniere... Assuming they draft him, which I, I think that they will, although we'll talk about that, the little poll we put out earlier today or on Monday. Um, is Lafreniere a cornerstone, can't miss, Ovechkin, Crosby type of player? Or are we talking a tier or two down here more in the Capococco if maybe potentially blah, blah, blah? What do, you, what, what do you say to that? We're in the McDavid level in the sense that Lafreniere is the only player aside from McDavid to be the CHL player of the year twice. This kid is, listen, this draft is supposed to be better than the 2003 draft, and he is the clear-cut number one overall pick. If that doesn't tell you what you need to know, then I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still shaking from this. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, this now makes Chris Kreider the three left wing on this team <laughs> well yeah and i think that it's really interesting when you start to look at how the lineup shakes out with you know artemi panarin look established superstar mvp candidate as your top line left wing you have chris Kreider under contract for the next six seasons or seven seasons lafreniere is also a left wing he slots in like you said dave probably in the top six right away as your second left wing they have incredible forward depth right now, the Rangers. I mean, if you look at, and assuming that Kako, you know, again, fulfills that potential, Heedle continues his ascendancy. Uh, you already have Mika Zibanejad. Um, you have Pavel Buchnevich, who's a, a, a staple in your top six. Um, this is potentially a very, very dangerous offensive team. Um, yeah, I mean, Becky, what do you think in terms of Lafreniere just... Again, like, what does it mean for the culture of the team? And what does it mean for, you know, Ranger fans now heading into the summer? They lost three games to Carolina. A lot of questions around who might be kept and who, um, you know, might be shipped away because of cap reasons or whatever. You know, how does this change the calculus, I guess, in your view? Um, I mean, so I will say, right, like, I don't, I really don't follow, um, like, I, I just don't follow players that are not, in the league and that's 
that is what it is. But I actually have watched Lafreniere play, so it's very strange for me right now, and he looked really, really good. I mean, I think Rangers fans are super jacked, and they should be, and I think, right, it'll mean that maybe more Ranger games are on, like, NBC, which kind of sucks because I'd rather listen to Sam and Joe, but, like, like I, there's nothing that's not great about a player – a big player, big time player coming to the biggest city in the States. And like, what's not to love about it? I think the only thing that really sucks is that and like not to be a Debbie Downer because that's definitely not the intention here. But it kind of sucks that we don't know when the season's going to start. If winter classic there will be well, yeah. if if there will be fans, in the, you know, in the stands yeah. like that kind of sucks. Um, but otherwise, I think it's awesome. And I, I also think that this past, um, I don't know, like the ex- not the exhibition, but like the the entry, whatever, the Playing bad three around. games against, yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah, bad, the qualifiers, yeah, the best the bad sweep three games ever. there. <laughs> um, I like, I don't think that that is really. Um, like super indicative of how the Rangers play. Like I think that they'll be a big time team, and I think that it's it's not like you know if Lafreniere is like super that good, that talented. Assuming he's not a person who really hates um, any kind of like public acknowledgement, whatever. Like I think it's it's going to be amazing, and I think you're looking at a team that's going to thrive under the pressure, and I think that. I don't know. I mean, I just, it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Well, it takes, and that's an interesting point about the pressure too, right? Because normally a number one overall pick comes into a situation where he is forced to be the savior. And some guys do it, right? Crosby did it. Ovechkin did it. um, But McDavid hasn't. And now you're getting all the questions, not about really McDavid. It's more about the Oilers. But, you know, um, Lafreniere is not really going to have to deal with that. The Rangers have good core pieces in place. In in an odd way, normally when a franchise gets the number one overall pick, they build the core around that player, right? In this instance, it feels like the number one overall pick is truly, in some ways, the final piece. Now, I know from a pure hockey perspective, look, they have depth issues to address. They have defensive issues to address. They have a goalie situation to finalize. But... When you talk about um, going through a rebuild and acquiring pieces, this is the final piece, right, from a, from a rebuild perspective. Now it's about a what are the finishing touches to put on this version of the Rangers that make them a bona fide cup contender for the next five to seven years. Oh, so they're like just clone s- Lafreniere. Well, well, right. But yeah. well, go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, like, not to, you know, they don't have to – they, everything you're saying is right. They don't have to build around him. They another. I mean, <laughs> after so great, Toronto got um, eliminated last night. Where we're obviously recording the podcast on Monday. It'll be out on Tuesday. Whatever. After Toronto got eliminated from the playing round, I have never seen such like disgusting anything as Toronto media. And I like to think right, like New York media is really tough or whatever. But like when it comes to hockey, oh my god. Toronto was like miles and miles worse. It's, it's absolutely brutal. brutal. And I mean, like Boston media is pretty tough too. And I'm like, you know what? Like of the big cities that you can go to, this is really not like the most um, scary or 
uh, like intimidating and quite frankly like especially being a hockey player in New York City if you're a celebrity in New York City like even when you're recognized you're really mostly left alone and imagine you're a hockey player which is not the most popular sport yeah no one will have any idea who he is walking up and down the streets in New York at least not for a while um it's a great point um for sure Becky I think the pressure is a little bit you know look at all these guys will say the same thing right original six it's going to be such an honor there's so much history and tradition and all that stuff but in reality the Rangers can just say hey we're putting you on a line with maybe it's Mika Zibanejad, depending on how they do it. Maybe it's Filipino. Maybe they go out and get a center in a trade, you know, a, a legitimate second line center, whatever it might be. Just go play, kid. You know, there's no expectations here. You don't have to score a, a million goals. You're not trying to save this franchise from decades and decades of turmoil. The team was in the Stanley Cup finals six years ago, believe it or not. They, they were a perennial contender for years before and a little bit after that. So, you know, look, I think we, we have to feel a little bit lucky as Ranger fans, not just from, you know, the lottery ball bouncing our way, but also the fact that this team has managed to stay relevant for a long time now, pretty much since the lockout in 2005. So, um, but this is definitely sort of, like I said, it sort of finishes the passing of the torch from the previous era, sort of the Lundquist era, if you will. And now we're in the Lafreniere era. Um, and it's, it's, it's really exciting. Um, Dave, what are what else do you have on your mind? You know, what what do you think? Um, I guess how would you position Lafreniere to start? You know, do you just put him right on the top line and the, and the power play? Do you, you know, how, how do you negotiate the sort of left wing logjam that they have now between Kreider and Panarin and, and Lafreniere potentially? So you can't break up KZB. They work and. That's fine. They could be your top line. They could be your second line. They could be your third line. Doesn't fucking matter. I just dropped an F-bomb. Just realized That's fine. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> and uh, so you got Panarin as your second left wing. We don't know what's going on with Strom or Fast. although I think Strom at this point is out. There's no point in keeping him. So what do you do? Panarin... Heedle Kako because Heedle and Kako work together and then let Lafreniere just do his thing on the third line with Gautier and Barron I don't know well, maybe just the first couple of games until Lafreniere puts up 85 points in three games and you move him up <laughs> yeah it's yeah and I mean I you know I put you on the spot there because it's probably too early to talk about that but uh, we have no idea what the second line center is right now we don't know what's going on but uh, I mean can if anybody can play the off wing it's going to be either Laugh or Panarin maybe you move one of them to right wing but now you got a winger problem on that end too because you got Buchnevich you got Kako and uh, Kravtsov and Gautier I mean, there are good problems to have. Yeah, this well, I was going to say trade bait for a two C. Well, I was going to say I think what what and we'll get into this probably in subsequent shows because this is going to be a a, a celebration today, and I don't want to dig too into uh, you know other stuff, but this definitely creates all sorts of trade opportunities. And again, you know, like I was saying before, I think you end up in a situation where you're now looking to finish the team and it, and it and it you know we talked about last year and last offseason kind of quote-unquote accelerating the rebuild and John Davidson will say the same thing he'll say we're still going to be patient we're a very young team but 
to me, this moves everything up again. You just have to, again, you have to look at, you just hit on the number one pick. You have the number two pick from last year. Panarin and Zibanejad are in their late 20s. Chris Kreider, you just signed, and, and you're in his prime now. Um, you got Keandre Miller coming. Yeah, you have Adam Fox in place. You have Ryan Lindgren in place. Your goalie situation's worked out. To me, I think you just got to go for it now. You've got to decide yeah, who's in, who's out for this run. So yeah, it's uh, for two things. First, Hockey Stat Miner tweeted possible lines right now. KZB, Panarin, Strom, Kako, Laugh, Heedle, Fost, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great top yeah. nine. And I am still on the record that next year is not their season. It is the 2021-2022 season. Unless the Rangers unless the Rangers find a way to get rid of both Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith, which Brendan Smith I still think is Ottawa bound, but Stahl's not going anywhere. And now this gives Maybe he'll the Rangers I mean if he retires and they trade they package Georgiev with something to upgrade left defense, then yeah, you and you have Hank back up Shesty for one year. Yeah, the, the the Rangers don't have a cap problem. I need to get make that clear. They don't have a cap problem, not yet. It's when Zibanejad's contract is up that they have a cap problem. This is their window. If they can make it work with dumping Stall and Smith, they can realistically contend next year. If they can't. 2021-2022 is the first season that they are a legitimate cup contender, and they have about two to three years of window before everybody gets too expensive. Yeah, it's it's a really... I mean, look, it's a great position to be in. And it, they, as you as you said, they have, you know, they have a lot of options now. Um, but but I just, you know, like I, like I was saying before, I just... This is it. I mean, this is the this is the final sort of piece. And, you know, they, they from the letter and I, I mean this from like the rebuild standpoint. Right. I mean, it should now be about um, trying to, to figure out what the final three or four pieces are to make this team a contender rather than trading um, players for assets. Right. I think we're out of that phase of the Rangers at this point. Right. They're no longer going to try and stockpile assets. We can't project that there'll be sellers at any more trade deadlines in the near future now. That wouldn't make any sense. Um, so, look, I mean, I think that's that's what this means to me. And I think it would be a lot different if they were picking 15th overall or, or sorry, 10th or 11th overall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty, um, it's pretty heady time to be a Ranger fan for sure. Um, I want to turn our attention quickly to the poll, and I want to thank everybody for voting in the poll that we uh, – that we we put up earlier today about you know if the Rangers were lucky enough to land the pick, and this was uh, inspired by a listener N Fischetti twenty four, who in so many words said he's tired of hearing uh, trade scenarios that if you're lucky enough to get the number one overall pick in a draft like this, you just have to take the kid. Um, but there have been some arguments you know around the Rangers needing more centers. Quinton Byfield was neck and neck with Lafreniere. Uh, in terms of evaluation until really the last six months. And he kind of fell off, didn't have a great world junior. Um, and now he's sort of slipped to either two or three in most rankings. Um, there's another player named, I think his name's Tim Stutzel. That's kind of in the um, in the uh, discussion for either the second or, uh, or third overall pick. But, 
you know, we asked sort of uh, the fans. We got 161 votes, which is great. 81.4% said to take Lafreniere, and we had a dead tie for people to say either uh, take Byfield with the pick or trade it for other picks. Um, I guess my question to you, you know, Becky, off the top of your head, is there a reason to overthink this, to take Quinton Byfield or to trade this for other picks? Um, or do you just 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 take Lafreniere? It's literally looking a gift horse in the mouth. Like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just just go ahead. Like, just take Lafreniere. You, you, okay, yeah, he might not pan out, I guess. Like, anything is possible. But it's not like he's, like, an, eh, you know, number one pick where it's, like, really neck and neck or, like, we're not really sure. It's, like, pretty clear he's going to be something special. So I just don't know why you would not go with him. Yeah, this isn't Patrick uh, Stefan where we have the Sedin twins going two and three. Just This isn't the 99 draft. This is a can't-miss generational talent. But can I play devil's advocate? Of course. I like doing it because every now and then I play devil's advocate and Becky wants to throw something through the computer screen at me and it just makes me smile. Just, what just is, remember, of next time I'm on Long Island, I can actually throw something at your head. All right, you won't be immobile anymore. Good point. Mm, yeah, but I'll hopefully I have mean, listen, a that's guard what makes dog. Great radio. <laughs> so, do you go with Byfield and Raymond at three and five if Ottawa comes calling? I mean, do you go for the? generational left wing where you already have Kreider and Panarin or do you address two positions that you need help I'm gonna say something here that's really gonna get my ass kicked but I really you know don't care like Kreider's 29 and like I know we just we just extended him and it was wonderful but like Kreider's 29 years old so can we just fucking chill out on the like why would we have a brand new 18-year-old shiny toy when we have Chris Kreider. Like, I I get it. I get it. He's a lifelong ranger. We love him. He's still very good, and he hopefully will be good for years to come. But, like, that that's not a reason not to draft Lafreniere. I'm sorry. It's just not. Yeah, just kick Kreider to the third line. I don't care. Make the best yeah. team possible for as long as these guys are cost-controlled. And there's no logjam yeah. when you got... Lafreniere on an entry-level contract making $975,000 a year for the next three years. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't help. I mean, listen, I'm, like, I had some, like, mixed feelings when they when they extended Kreider. I was, like, it could have gone either way to me. I, I've, you know, had the argument for and I had the argument against. And I'm glad they did. And he, you know, he looked good. I know that none of the Rangers particularly looked good during the qualifiers, but he was making good, like, smart plays. and But what the hell, man? Like, I just feel like sometimes people get way too romantic about players. And we're not even saying you have to get rid of him. We're just saying, like, put Kreider on the third line. That's it. Make the best possible team, period. Yeah. It's really interesting and, and funny to think about it, too, because everybody, you know, it's... Everybody dreams about a world where there's no salary cap, right? And, like, what could you build, like... 
it would be amazing to our old, you know, old uh, member of the blog and former host of the podcast, Pat, always used to say this, like, he always loved the idea of super teams, right? And obviously the NHL put the cap in place so that super teams are impossible, right? You can't have, you know, the equivalent of the Canadian Olympic team, um, you know, play for the Rangers or play for the Maple Leafs or play for whoever because of the cap. But, you know, the Rangers are in a position right now where they can have several bona fide stars and not in the way that Toronto's done it, right? So we all saw how the $41 million worth of offense flopped against Columbus just a couple of nights ago in the uh, in the qualifying round uh, for the Leafs and, and all the problems they've had, even though they have all that talent. But, you know, as you said, Dave, put as much talent on the roster as possible. There's there's no reason to, to overthink it. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, Kreider in particular seems like the perfect kind of guy that that would be be totally fine with with uh, you know a, a middle six role right if it if it came to pass that by you know Lafreniere's second or third year he was a clear cut number one first line option you know obviously Panarin uh, you know i mean it's not a problem to have two two first line left wingers it it, it has never been a problem it will never be a, a problem and you're right maybe someone can move over to the right you know, I know Kreider's not really a finesse player, so moving him to the off wing doesn't make a lot of sense. Putting Panarin on his strong side, you know, uh, there I, I I would have to sort of talk to a coach and get their sense on that if that would work. But, you know, I also don't think it really makes sense to get bogged down in positions anyway. You know, uh, Lafreniere is a forward. As many good forwards as you can have on your roster, you should get them. So um, all that said... You know, a lot of the things I've read about Quentin Byfield are really good. And he's he's a natural center. And he's got size. And he can skate. And he, again, had that sort of generational-type player potential until the last, you know, four or six months. Um, even before the pause with his performance in the World Juniors not being great. But, um, you know... I, there's a little bit, there's a little piece of me that obviously is wondering, you know, does, is the team, is this going to be one of those things where everybody looks back in 10 years and says, wow, Quinn Byfield turned into, you know, the next great center in the NHL and Lafreniere was, was just okay. You know, he turned That's into. That's possible. That's possible. It could happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I have two words for you. Analysis paralysis. Like, stop. Yeah. Stop it. Uh, can I just say one thing about the people that think that the draft was rigged? They're saying that yeah. the ball... They're saying that the ball was weighted. It's a lottery ball machine, meaning if the ball was weighted, it wouldn't be light enough to fucking go up the tube to be selected. Like, think about this for a fucking second. Holy shit! Well, and- I mean, you're also... Yeah, people aren't exactly intelligent these days, David. Uh, just logic. If it's weighted, it means it doesn't bounce around in the machine like it was going around before. Doesn't make all the fancy little ping pong ball noises that you hear. It just sits there. Doesn't do anything like a dead fish. Was the ball a dead fish? No, it went up into the tube where it was supposed to go. I really was so shocked when the, when that when the ball popped up and it was the Rangers because I thought they were going to do something to create drama where they like removed all of the balls first, right? So 
that's what I thought they were going to do. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's it? Wait, the Rangers have the number one pick? Holy shit. Like, I, I just could not believe that that had happened. Um, you know, because the NHL uh, likes to draw draw it out, obviously, when they do these shows. And, and look, I mean, you got to fill a half hour of, uh, of programming somehow because uh, oh a ping pong God. ball popping out of a machine takes two seconds. But, Maybe yeah, I mean, Wanda look. And, <laughs> indeed. And look, I guess to, I didn't see it because I was I was kind of doing two things at once. I was washing the dishes, doing my domestic uh, chores. I was multitasking. Did the ball fall on the floor when they originally took it out of the case? <laughs> Apparently, that happened. Did I miss that? It didn't like fall. I think it like slipped out of his hand or something, and, and like it fell was, in the tube. It appeared too heavy to be in the tube. Like, I mean, listen, I'm gonna gladly call out. Uh, Greg Wyshynski, who I find to be like one of the most miserable human beings on planet Earth. And like, <laughs> honestly, usually I'd be like, I hope that you find some source of happiness and like some of like the the like misery is lifted off of you. But like when it comes to wish, I just don't give a shit. Like enjoy your misery for the rest of your fucking life. But he tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going full explicit podcast today. I like it. I, yeah, I mean, I just don't fucking give a shit. When it comes to people that are like this miserable about life, I mean, I don't even know what to say. So he goes, the Rangers ball, which fell into the tube when the guy held it over the machine, because obviously it wasn't extra weighted or anything, comes up and New York wins the lottery. I'm not trying to single out that guy. It's a hard job made even harder by how frostbitten his fingers must have been while holding the Rangers ball. Like, you are, like, how are, you pay, how are you paid? How are you fucking paid? And all of these people who were saying before the draw, oh, it's going to be Pittsburgh. It's going to be the Rangers. I'm like, the Rangers? Like, I mean, I know we went over this before, but the, I, they've never had the number one. If it I was mean, Pittsburgh, I, I was we going to murder somebody. Straight up murder somebody. I mean, somebody. same, but like at the end of the day, what the hell are you going to do? It's just like, this is just, oh my God. Greg Wyshynski, if somehow you happen upon this podcast, I hope you lean into the misery for the rest of your miserable fucking life. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Please join us on the podcast if you're listening, because I would love to hear you and Becky go back and forth. That would be listening. something. That would be amazing. <laughs> I just, I would put myself on mute and just eat popcorn. <laughs> it, would, it would not be pretty. Oh, it would be great. And we got to get pregnant Becky because pregnant Becky's like give a shit meter is broken. <laughs> pregnant Becky's in the middle of a heat wave. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm doing the it's September 21st, which means I'm not even at the very end. And I am going to give so much respect and like all of the kudos in the world to women who are full term in August because holy shit, guys, it is hot outside. That's all I'm saying. I... I can't even imagine, but you're a champ. Honestly, it's thank you. Yeah, it's it's it's. Well, he has cannot, to say that, by the way. It can't be easy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so we had we had some some good uh, you know banter in the in the comments on the poll we put up, and there actually are a lot of the people that responded to the tweet. And again, this is a popular scenario that has um, come up as well. Trade with Ottawa for the number three and number five pick. Um, again, we went over this, but you know th- there is seemingly an argument um, for the Rangers to explore other options, and they'll say they're exploring other options. But you know, 
I think we all know that they're probably going to keep the pick and take Lafreniere. And it's it really is just a it really is an incredible end to a season that that was you know memorable for a lot of reasons. You know the Rangers really did turn a corner, and I think you know we, we we're not going to spend too much time on this podcast. I think next week we'll dig into reflecting on the nineteen uh, the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. We could we could maybe wrap our heads around the uh, the first overall pick scenario a little bit and analyze some of the uh, paths forward for the Rangers. But you know, just a few minutes on that. You know, this was a season that I think, despite what happened in the series against Carolina, where the Rangers were thoroughly outmatched. I think there's nobody could say anything otherwise. Um, this is the the cherry on top of a really positive season all all around for the Rangers. They made really positive strides and. I walked away from this season feeling positive to begin with, and now again, getting the first overall pick is, you know, you, you feel a little bit, um, a little a little bit spoiled. I mean, you know, I don't think Ranger fans ever really feel spoiled, but um, I don't know if you, what are your guys' sort of emotions as you, you know, take stock on the Rangers, you know, the, this season actually finally coming to a close now, and looking forward to uh, to next season whenever it starts, Dave. I don't even have words. But I go to Becky first. <laughs> so I guess, you know, like, was this, what did the Rangers meet expectations, fall short of expect, expectations, or exceed expectations this year? Maybe let's, let's think of it that way. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm still on this high of winning the draft lottery, so my brain hasn't functioned properly for the past couple of hours um they exceeded expectations definitely i mean if you told me in october the rangers were basically going to be two points out of a playoff spot and barely missed the playoffs which is how a full season probably would have played out great i'll take it i mean there are holes in the roster the better team won the rangers got crushed by a significantly better team and quite honestly one of my picks to come out of the East. It's either them or the Flyers. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. But nothing grosser. Ugh, I hate myself for that. But yeah, I'm okay with the way this season went. And I'm seeing Capo Caco trending right now, and I swear to God, if this is people saying trade Caco now that they have laugh, I'm gonna stab somebody. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't make any sense. That, that's just that's no, okay, that's Twitter. It's not, and that's, it's not crisis averted. It's not. It's not. Okay, good. Huh. Becky, what was your general takeaway from this season? And again, factoring in the fact that the cherry on top, the final event of this season, was landing the number one overall pick. I think it was a good season. I mean, I you know I don't I don't think it was like outrageously great, but I also didn't really have very high expectations like. The, I think I had to have said it when we did a podcast early in the season, but a rebuild is not a minute long. Like a rebuild takes time. So you need to be patient. And a lot of people, some on this podcast right now, were, you know, calling for David Quinn's head in like November. And you can't, you have to be patient. And it's the same thing I say, like, I find it interesting when you see like the the teams that people are fans of. Some people 
expect greatness like every second of the day like a rebuild should be immediate because I'm a fan of this team and I want it to be immediate well like yeah of course you do everyone does everyone wants to win every year but like that's not how it is and I honestly even if they if the season had just ended the way that it ended and we you know didn't even have like the the play-in round or whatever I think it would I would have felt the same way I just think that they they looked good and there's a lot to look forward to and that's that's that I agree and and I think yeah I I think that coming into this season I thought they'd compete for a playoff spot and so in some ways they ended up where I thought they would but the way they got there was really encouraging. And I think that that's the takeaway for me, right? Is that they, you know, they and they really didn't start very well, but they kind of pieced it together. Panarin showed no signs of sort of the, uh, you know, some of the echoes of Rangers past, you know, big Ranger free agent signings past that didn't pan out, which, you know, has happened a lot to this franchise over the years. Um especially in kind of the pre-lockout, you know, mid-90s, late-90s, early-2000s era. Um, you know, the, the when Shesterkin came up and really the whole season turned on its head at that moment and he went 9-1 and one or whatever he, you know, did. And I think the fact that they were trending in the direction they were when this season was paused um, was really good. And also, you know, I think one of the things, you know, we, we and I'm guilty of it too, we get lost in, some of the analytics and the metrics and yeah, they had some pretty ugly shot and chance metrics, but you know, this team was a big pain in the ass to play against. They didn't go away. Even if they were down three, nothing after 10 minutes, they always made it a game in their last game of the season before the pause, they tied the avalanche with like six seconds left or whatever it was. Um, So, you know, this team had the traits of a team that was trending in the right direction. Uh, uh, Very similar, honestly, to some of those, you know, Tortorella teams, which ended up, you know, in 2012, obviously going all the way to the conference finals, not as good defensively, you know, not the identity is different because this team was more of an offensive team, but, you know, very much a thorn in the side of their opponent. And I think in the playoffs, they just got exposed for, you know, being a young and experienced team. And I think what we saw was a Carolina team that had been through that kind of thing before. And when the Rangers did finally, up their game and give them a bit of a of a of a punch Carolina knew how to regroup and you know uh take their game to another level that the Rangers were unable to match so and I I just also I'm not going to get too hung up in the on three games you know that took place 150 days after the regular season paused um that's not to say that whoever goes on to win the Stanley Cup will be illegitimate I think this is a obviously a legitimate tournament I think the NHL's also done a great job putting it on I also agree with you Dave not on the Flyers at all because I think the Flyers will uh, have a problem when the you know when the stakes are raised but um, I think Carolina's legit they're the best team I've watched and I've watched quite a few of the games I think they're going to be really really difficult to beat um, I like I like I like them a lot and you know not from a uh, I don't like them as a I want to root for them, but I I think they're they're a really solid playoff style team that that probably could come out of the East. And so, look to tie it back to Lafreniere. That makes this lottery ball bouncing the Rangers' way that much more important because if Carolina happens to go all the way to the finals, 
the Rangers get that draft pick, and that's the 30th or 31st overall pick. So, you know, you balance that out with number one overall, it doesn't seem so bad. Can we talk about watching Gary Bettman have to confirm each team logo <laughs> on the lottery balls, please? Please. I'm so glad you brought that up. Did you see Pete, Pete Blackburn <laughs> tweeted something really, really, really funny? I missed it. It was, it was like a... <laughs> now I'm going to look it up. It was, it was, um, it was like a, like, the Toronto, uh, Mr. Bettman, can you please confirm that this is the Toronto Maple Leafs logo? And it was a picture of a dog taking a shit. And I, like... <laughs> I, <can't see> <laughs> I mean... I mean, like, just after, like, that, you know, whatever. Like, after Toronto getting eliminated and everyone just being missing in action. And to be fair, I mean, to talk about it, right, Toronto's had a lot of uh, bad luck with shooting percentage. And, you know, like, I get it. Like it's Yeah, Columbus's uh, goalie's played amazing. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, dump on another team for very long because we got swept. So, like, who am I to say anything? But, oh, my God, just what a great follow. <laughs> that's, all I'm, that's all I got to say. Yeah. It also just, it's like, I'm, I'm envisioning some absurd, you know, sort of, like, SNL sketch type scenario where, the guy says, like, can you confirm this is the logo of, like, the Edmonton Oilers? And he was just saying, no. No, it's not. What happens then? <laughs> you have to, like, call the lottery off. Uh, it was such a bizarre thing. And, and I mean, look, they, they obviously went to great lengths to prove that it wasn't rigged. That's why they showed that whole process, right? Because presumably that's what happens behind closed doors when they do these lotteries, right? They go through the envelopes. You know, they do a drawing. There's almost always like a, I think there's usually a third party. It's usually an accounting firm, right? Like a Ersten Young. P- yeah, yeah, it's Ernst. Ian, Ian Why did it? Yeah. Right. So there's somebody who verifies <laughs> that it was a the, fair the process. The is trending on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Look, if the Rangers become the team that everybody hates for the next ten years, that means two things: one, they're good; mm-hmm. two. They're popular, you know, they're popular and they're they're a, and they're winning and they're a storyline. And I look, I'm a Yankee fan, so I know what it's like to be hated uh, and, 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 you know, to get that type of uh, attention. So if the Rangers are getting that type of attention, it means they're doing something right. And I would love to be in that position to be the team that everybody is sick of because they win so damn much. And that has not been the uh, position of the New York Rangers ever in the franchise's history, even going back to the original six era when you would have think they would you would think they would have won a bunch of stanley cups back then and they didn't so um look this is a great day for this franchise and we can only hope that it actually comes to fruition that you know the the luck continues and lafreniere is as good as they say he's going to be and that he really does change you know he truly changed the uh, fortunes of the rangers who have gotten close a bunch of times the last decade, as we all know, but have fallen short um, in their quest for the Stanley Cup, their their first Stanley Cup since 2014. Um, you know, I was I was thinking they weren't going to get the first pick. I was thinking we would do some reflections on the season and playoff picks. I don't think we'll get to that today, so you'll all have to tune in next week for that. But um, any final thoughts from you, Dave? <laughs> We got the top pick. 
Sorry. An evil laugh. I'm still giddy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Becky, any final thoughts from you? Well, we're officially in the explicit territory, right? So my final thought oh, is let, let's fucking go, buddies. We got it. This is amazing. This is just amazing. There's nothing that does that sucks about this right now. So. La fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question, actually, before we go. And you guys can answer this however you like. Uh, I And I did this today because I'm a, you know, I'm an unhealthily obsessed Ranger fan. I was like, hmm, what number does he wear? And I looked both in junior and for Team Canada. He was wearing number 11. Obviously, we know that number 11 is retired. Mark Messier, well-deserved. Unretired, unretired. Uh, I'm, you, kidding, wow, I'm okay. kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Jesus. Jesus, R.I.P. Dave. <laughs> and he can't wear one because it, one is Eddie Jockerman. So what number should Lafreniere, what, what number do we think Lafreniere is going to wear? This is a big problem. He's, 111. You know, and he's going to get his pick. 111 be the first three-digit number, 111. I like that. Well, I'd say 22, but, like, he could be a psychopath like me and, like, hate even numbers, so I don't know. Yeah. I say I say 22 unless he's a mental head case. Isn't like Adam himself. Fox 22? Somebody's... No, he's 23. No. Oh, who the hell no. is 22? Who was the last 22? D- Dan Boyle and Brian Boyle. <laughs> They were oh, both twenty two. That's true. I could true. swear somebody wore twenty two this year, or am I hallucinating? It's no, it's it's definitely possible, but you know, if you can't remember who it is, then it that then means that matter. they don't have to keep it. No, right? I don't. I don't think anyone did wear twenty two this year. Actually, off the top of my head, I don't have it in front of me. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's no somebody really wore like twenty two. Why don't you, you think so, up, Dave? I don't. Know. Okay, so. Uh... <laughs> I'm looking it up. Apologies for the typing if you hear it on the podcast. Oh, that's uh, okay. Number 22. Um, okay. Okay. Maybe no, they I'm didn't have one. Hallucinating. Maybe no, I'm, they didn't have one. Maybe I'm thinking 42. Uh, Brendan 42 Smith. is Brendan Smith. Yeah, yep. I don't I, I know. How, Howden wore 21. I say give him uh, 21 and fire Howden into the sun. Yeah, yeah he could be fine. 21, actually. Because then if you do like the even numbers, or if you do dislike the even numbers, okay. 21's fine. I know where I was getting it from. 12 for Gautier. That's where I was getting ah, it from. Yeah. Ah, right. And also the fact well, that his entire roster is 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was he was born on October 11th, so that's probably why he wears number 11. He can't wear 11. He can't wear 10. He can't wear can't, 10. I'm sorry. Panarin's no, that's 10. Panarin. No, yeah. yeah. And he probably, honestly, if, if 10 was open, he probably would have worn 10. That would be my guess. What year was he born? So, 2001. Can't really do <laughs> Can't wear one. <laughs> nope. Can't wear 20. Can't, can't wear, wear one. Can't wear 20. He's he got. 21. Right. Yeah, they're yeah, so that, trading the pick now. The guy can't, guy can't use any of his numbers. Yeah. He's going to be like, I'm jinxed. You got to trade me. Well, you we'll know find what he out. should wear? He should wear 96, Charlie Conway. Wow. Oh, I like that. That would be a good one. I like that a lot. In any event, uh, we are excited about the the Alexi Lafreniere era, as all of uh, the Ranger fan base is. Uh, and as always, we thank you for joining us. Live from the Blue Seats is a production of Blue Seat Blogs. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We're currently available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and hosted on ACAST. If you can spare a minute, please leave us a rating and a review, as it helps other fans find the show. 
Follow us on Twitter at Blue Seats Live and check out blueseatblogs.com, the longest running fan site for all things Rangers, from news and opinion to video analysis and more. For Dave and Becky, this is Rob. We are happily signing off. We'll see you next time.